NRL teams. It's Beanie for Brain Cancer Round, and the big guns are back for a special day in the Hunter. After a Queen's birthday horror show, will Anthony Griffin hook the departing Dragons? It's a milestone weekend for Daily Cherry Evans. The Sea Eagles continue their surge into the top four. And as the Tricolours head to Penrith for a Friday night blockbuster, we pay tribute to one of the Roosters' greatest leagues. Hello and welcome to NRL Teams. I'm Glenn Hawke and great to be here in the host chair this afternoon, filling in for the lovely Neve Owens, who's on assignment. And even better to be sitting here alongside a couple of 300-game superstars, Brett Kamali, Robbie Farrah. Welcome, gents. Welcome to you, mate. Hello, Glenn. Join the great to be yeah, Great to have you here. It's great to be here with the beanies on it. It's not hot at all under yeah, this. No, no. But it is for a good cause, yeah. of course. Beanie for Brain Cancer Round. It's a, a wonderful initiative started off by Mark Hughes for his foundation. And yeah. Brett, I know it's a, a cause close to your heart and uh, certainly close to the game's heart as well. Yeah, the game supports it so well. Uh, we've seen every club over the last few years wear the beanies out, uh, celebrate the, the Mark Hughes Foundation. As you said, Matt Callender was another man whose mm. family was a big part of the beanies for Brain Cancer Round. Uh, my family, my girls have been, I think today or last night, went down and got their beanies. We, we support the, the foundation very, very well. As you said, it helped me out in the in a big way a number of years ago. Uh, and again, the game the game does so many positive things. I know it gets criticised sometimes, but uh, this round is a special round where all 16 clubs, the whole game and all the fan base come together and we celebrate it enormously. And I think it raises so much needed funds. Robbie, have you seen a, a cause that's been universally embraced by the game like this one? I think the game's great like that, as Naughty said. Probably don't get enough credit where, especially when it's one of our own. I think the game really gets behind if you know one of our own struggling or someone involved in the game. You know, all the clubs get together, all the fans get behind it, and you know, rugby league is great like that, where they look after their own. And as you said, uh, you know, everyone over the last few years, it just seems to get bigger and bigger, bigger each year, and uh, it's a great cause. And and once again this year, hopefully we can raise more money than last year, and then next year, yeah, get more, going. and we'll just keep going. They can't have enough millions of dollars going into brain cancer research, so make sure you get yours this weekend. Of course, the biggest news out of rugby league this week has been the retirement of a rugby league legend, Boyd Cordner. Gents, I don't think, in a sense, there was a great deal of surprise that, um, that Boyd pulled the uh, or drew the curtains on his career. Robbie, you played alongside him in, in mm. State of Origin Rugby League. We saw what he could do as a player, but what was he like as a leader? Yeah, you know, I played alongside him when he first you know, came into the Origin um, arena and then uh, also uh, at international level. And you could see from day one he was just a natural leader. Um, he's a man of few words, Boyd. doesn't really say much, but when he, when he does speak, uh, everyone you know, stands up and takes notice. And the thing about me... And, and from a very young age where you see his leadership is, you know, anyone's a, anyone can be a leader during the good times. It's during the tough times, especially in a game when you need someone to stand up and change the momentum of a game and inspire your teammates. Boyd was that person and he'd always take it upon himself to try and lift his teammates. And he, for me, he was just an inspirational leader. And now watching, watching him as he's developed through his career, you just saw that grow and grow and you know, three premierships, uh, captain of Australia, captain of New South Wales. Uh, he had nothing left to prove and, uh, you know, it's, uh, I guess, ironic, not, not ironic, but you know, the way he played his game in the end was his downfall because yeah. he played so tough. And in the end, that's what sort of cut his career short. It's just a shame that we've lost such a great player at such a young age. Yeah, just 29 years of age. Noddy, what will be Boy Courtney's legacy on the game? Well, I think he's been the best leader our game's had in the last 20 years, and especially for those 
comments that Robbie just made. His leadership, his tough carries, mm. um, when backs were against the wall, when the team was struggling, after Origin he'd come back and, and, mm. and have a captain's knock for, for the Roosters. Also the respect he had for Trent Robinson and Nick Politis, uh, I think in his press conference, goes a long way. Um, not only is he the captain of New South Wales, which would be an unbelievable achievement, he's the captain of our country, uh, winner of the World Cup uh, a number of years ago, but also the captain of the, probably the most powerful club in Sydney as well, the Sydney Roosters, that come under a lot of pressure uh, year in, year out. So uh, an amazing leader and, uh, you know, got to play. I don't know Boyd very well, but apparently an amazing bloke as well. So yeah. he should be congratulated on a, a great achievement and a great career. Yeah, he sure will and certainly won't be lost in the game. I know that he'll be around the Sydney Roosters uh, for plenty of times and, and hopefully the talk that he'll be uh, in camp with the New South Wales side uh, for the remainder of this series as well. So to Boyd Cordner, a legend of the game and it's... Um, yeah, tough to see him go, but uh, great to see, great that we could experience him yeah, as, a, yeah. as a rugby league player. Now, we need to move through to our predictions from last week. Robbie, I know that you were happy to put a bold prediction. Rob, um, Noddy, you jumped on the bandwagon and a little bit. Robbie, let's go to your mm, prediction. That's not. <laughs> the Tigers are the kings of the jungle in the West. Three, three in a row. Eels, big winners in Sunday football over the Tigers, 40 points to 12. Mm. Josh Papali to run for over 200 metres in his return. It goes to Papali. It is. He gets over. Yeah, Good. Robbie, the kings of the West, not quite on, Saturday, on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. And Noddy off the post and waved away. He didn't quite get 200 metres, 178 and a try. He was, he was he pretty impressive. That should be good enough. <laughs> I jumped on the back of Robbie because I've got nothing right in 2021. Uh, we're up the round. Jeez, I'm not much better. And you'd gone back oh, to I'm back. Not better. <laughs> I'm not At least you didn't put the moss on him. You didn't put the moss on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh we're, Papley. We're, we're pretty good. All right. You're, um, you're three, two, ones for the week. Yeah, I had one point for Sam Walker. Uh, obviously, young kid, first field goal in the NRL. Uh, two points for another gentleman who kicked a field goal on Sean Johnson. Uh, been told to look for another club, but so obviously got the four sales sign up very, very well. And Mitchell Moses against his former club. Uh, it was a star showing for at Parramatta. Massive victory at Bank West, uh, and it was led by Mitchell Moses. Yeah, we see him running away for a try. Kicking game was perfect. And just tore the former club apart. There you go, three, two, one, going to all number sevens. There's a shock, Robbie Farrah. Where did you, uh, where did your points land? My one point, Alex Johnson just keeps scoring tries yeah. for fun. Uh, two points, uh, Joe Rhea Hargraves, 80 minutes in the front row in his 250th yeah. game. I thought he was inspirational for the Roosters. And my three points was young Jake Overillo for the Bulldogs. Uh, now they've been struggling to score points this year, and I thought uh, on the weekend he really led by example. His running game was outstanding. Two tries, um, three points for me. So you need the front row and a winger to finish it off for the later platform, but you need a half. Steer them around the park. Steer them around the park. We've got four halves there just popped up. Alex Johnson, outstanding. 121 tries now. South almost let him go. And now he's popping up doing some incredible stuff. Well, at at this rate, he'll go close to breaking the... Yeah. Uh, the record yeah. for most tries ever. Right. All right, that yeah. takes us into our first game where the South Sydney Rabbitohs will start this weekend. We head to Suncorp Stadium. Broncos hosting the South Sydney Rabbitohs Thursday, 7.50. Let's take a look how these two teams will line up. So there's good news for the Broncos, but the Maroons as well. Xavier Coates returns after missing last week with a hamstring tightness. He replaces Dale Copley on the wing. The only other change on the starting side seems Tom Flegler start at lock and John Asiata move to the bench. Carmichael Hunt and Tyson Gamble will again start in the halves. Albert Kelly sidelined with that hamstring complaint. That is the Broncos for the Rabbitohs. Origin stars are back. Dane Gagai, Damian Cook, Jai Arrow and Cameron Murray all return to the starting lineup. Braden Burns, Hamay Sele and Jacob Host move back to the bench. No room for Jaden Sewer. Uh, Benji Marshall drops, drops out of the squad altogether after starting at hooker uh, against the Newcastle Knights. 
boys, the um, the Broncos were starting to show some real positive signs there, but then in the last few weeks, starting to concede big points. What does Kevy need to do to address this slide? And hopefully that slide doesn't go into a spiral. Yeah, they're the worst defensive team in the competition. So a big thing called resilience or, or learning how to tackle would be a big part of the game. It's 50% of the game is defence and they don't do it very, very well, the Broncos at the moment. So they, they finished with, with the wooden spoon last year. So 1988, they come in the competition. They got the spoon last year. They're equal last at the moment with the Dogs, but they've got the worst defence in the competition. So I know, and, and I've heard Kevy in his press conference and bits and pieces about they're swapping, they're changing, they're trying to come up with new combinations at work. And maybe now it's just time to pick and stick they defend so poor. Uh, if you concede over 30 points continuously, it's going to be really hard to score. You can't do the old, oh, we'll score 40, you score 30, yeah. and win in the NRL. So that's the first point of call required for the Brisbane Broncos. Named a good side again. Mm. Every time they name a good side, it just doesn't transfer from paper to the field. Yeah. Robbie Carmichael Hunt made his return after 10,000 days or whatever it may have been. A yeah. tough one to come back in on. What did you make of his performance? And, and can he be that, that senior figure in this side to take this young side forward? Yeah, look, tough uh, initiation for him after so, so long out of the game. Look, it, it's hard. It's a tough ask. You know, he's going to bring some experience, but he's not going to be a, a game winner for him, I don't think. Uh, as Noddy said, you come in on a side that's struggling you know, defensively, uh, struggling with the ball in hand, struggling for confidence. So... Uh, you know, it'd be a much easier job for him to come into a side that's winning, make the transition a lot easier for him. So, um, yeah, look, I don't think he's going to be the answer for them, but at the moment, uh, they're really short on options. Uh, yeah, there's, not, there's not much there in the halves for, for Kevy. So uh, he's been asked to do a job for him, but, yeah, it's, it's a real concern for them going into this week's game against, against the Rabbitohs. The man that is coaching against him would love to put 50 points on this weekend. Mm. I think Wayne would love to put 50 Good on chance. the Broncos. And be, they are a great chance. They're a chance. If they're at the left edge attack, which yeah. is the most potent left edge attack in the competition, can fire again against a poor defensive time. Wayne against Kevy, you know, the, the, the master against the apprentice, uh, he would love to put a big score on the Broncos and just remind everyone up there that he's off contract yeah. this year. Uh, you could see a little, uh, little hurrah for Wayne going back to the Broncos and trying to save him because they are rock bottom now. Yeah. Well, bloke, he's going to the Broncos next year. Adam Reynolds, do you yeah. think he will take a, a sneaky peek up at some point and look what he's going to be in for next year? No, I think he'll want to play well as well. I think he'll, I think he'll, he'll send the message to the fans, obviously, of the, of the Broncos that this is what you're getting next year. Great game manager. Um, I, I don't think, you know, he's, his job is to make sure South Sydney win this weekend. He's mm -hmm. got nothing to do with the Broncos. If he does that really well and South Sydney win, he's, Adam Reynolds has probably a fair chance of being one of the stars, which then sells himself to the Broncos and sells himself mm -hmm. to the Broncos fans that yeah. they've made a great choice. All right, a tough one for the Broncos on Friday, on Thursday night. Let's now head to Friday night. North Queensland, we head north to Queensland Country Bank Stadium, where it is the Cowboys playing host to the Cronulla Sharks. That one kicking off at 6.30 for the North Queensland Cowboys. Kyle Felt returns from origin duty on the wing for Justin O'Neill. Cohen Hess moves from the back row to prop, with Mitchell Dunn returning from a one-game ban. That means Tom Gilbert will start on the bench and Peter Hollard drops out of the 17. Cronulla Sharks, just one change for the Sharks to their starting side. CSC Vitalikai comes in for the captain, Wade Graham, who failed to finish last Friday's match against the Panthers after suffering a head knock and a knee issue as well. Teague Wilton comes onto the bench after having watched on as the 18th man against the Panthers. And Aaron Woods captains the side this week. Tom Dearden had a really tough one in his first game um, against what Todd Payton said was a, a beaten pack. Um, is this a chance now for the, the Cowboys forwards to really assert their dominance at home to give these halves some space and time? Yeah, definitely. And if you, you saw those halves that are able to play on the front foot or go very well last weekend, it's because their forwards 
late, won the battle, lay a line, get momentum, take the opportunity away, you know, create some line speed for, for the attack more than the defence. It's hard to kick the ball when they're all coming at you. Yeah. It's hard to kick the ball on the spot. So Tom Dearden, uh, a young kid, so it's going to take time for Tom Dearden to develop. Um, he's also hasn't been around a great winning culture uh, for 18 months either. You know, being in the Broncos camp, they got the wooden spoon last year. They were part of losing games to start of this year. So... You know, he's a young kid. I think he's a very talented player. I think he'll get better. Todd Payton, yeah. probably the biggest halfback in the competition, um, and, and speaks very honest to his to his players. So it's a little challenge, isn't it, for the Cowboys forward pack to win the battle for a young kid to stand up and, and take control of the game. Certainly is, and particularly coming up against the Sharks side, mm. Robbie, three on the bounce now. Do they have the side? They've played the eight or made the eight the last few years now. Have they got the side to do it again this year? Well, they've definitely got the potential. Um, I think you know, they need their... Their key players to stand up, their experienced players, and we've seen that in the last couple of weeks. You know, um, Josh Hanna made the decision to drop Chad Townsend out of the side. Obviously, yep. he's not going to be there next year, and he, he gave the opportunity to Matty Moreland and and Sean Johnson in the halves. And you know, their last three weeks of football has been outstanding, and and they've really led you know, by example. They've you know they've got points in them. The Sharks, we know that defensively, uh, they've shown a bit of grit there. Uh, you know, came up with a tough win on the weekend you know, against an understrength Penrith side, but still. Still, to, to, to have the character to come up with that win shows a lot. Um, you, know, you, you need your Aaron Woods is playing well, your leaders in the pack, especially now, no way, Graham. And we're yeah. not sure how long, indefinitely, you know, he's out with, with uh, the head knocks as well. So, yeah, yeah they're going to miss him. But for me, yeah, they, look, they can make the eight, um, but they need to get their best out of their, their experienced players. We just had the next five weeks up for the Sharks. They, they've got to win four out of the five or five out of the five because after that, yeah. it gets really tough. Yeah. You know, so th- that, this period of the year is really important for the Sharks. You're playing against pl- sides that have got origin affected. You're playing against mm. some weaker competition there. And I think if they're a chance of going four from five or five from five, then they nearly guarantee a top eight spot. All right, and next game we head to the foot of the mountain, which is potentially the match of the round at Bluebet Stadium, 7.55. It is the Penrith Panthers taking on the Sydney Roosters. Now, the Penrith Panthers fans, they will be rejoicing with their uh, six origin stars returning to the starting lineup. Brian To'o, Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary, Kurt Capewell, Isaiah Yo. They're all back in the starting lineup. Now, there's one notable out, though. Viliami Kikau, he's out with a hamstring issue. So, Liam Martin, he moves into that starting spot in the second row after being on the bench last week. Matt Burton shifts back into the centres after playing the last two weeks at 5-8. Scott Sorensen and Matt Eisenhuth move to the interchange. Isaac Targo keeps his spot in a 17. For the Sydney Roosters, the Blues captain James Tedesco is back at fullback after being rested last week. Many Joey Manu returns to the centres and Joseph Suali. He's back in the 21 on the reserves. CY Talk Yaho will back partner Jarrod Warrior Hargreaves in the front row. Fletcher Baker moves back to the bench. Adam Kieran will start for the suspended hooker Ben Marshke. And Sam Verrill's been named on, a, uh, on the bench after an extended break due to uh, a detached retina. Geez, that was a, um, a really difficult one. But uh, for the Penrith Panthers, it's, uh, it's a very different year this year. Obviously, interruptions to origin. The momentum that they had right through that last, or the 2020, it looks very different through 2021. How is this momentum shift going to affect this team going forward? Yeah, well, they get their players back this week, Robbie, so you think everything will go back to normal for them. It's very hard to play disrupted. They've gone to origin camp, players train. They don't know if they're coming back and playing after last week's origin. They decided the rest of them. They played Friday night. Um, they're such a good side, Penrith. You know, I think they'll come back. Once they get their players back like they have this week, they'll roll through knowing what everyone's job is. They'll go back to that really, really um, clinical team that they always are. They play well. Uh, and then they'll have the, the drama of going back to origin camp. It's not a bad drama. It's a great yeah. drama when yeah, you lose your players at origin camp. So, you know, you, you don't understand, Robbie, how important it is. When, when good players come back, you just jump in the rhythm like, like you normally do. 
They, they will this week. But I think, look, the, this origin period will be a great test for them. It's a bit of adversity they're going through and they can learn a lot through this period. It also gives the opportunity for guys like Burden to play in the yeah. halves and these guys that weren't getting a lot of football to get some time you know, in their side because come semi-final time, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. There, yeah. Yeah, there might be some injuries to key players and then you're asking one of these guys to step in and they've had that experience there through that origin period and then all of a sudden they feel comfortable there. So, look, I think they can learn a lot through this period. Yeah, it's going to be disruptive, but I think it's a, it's a really you know, strong time for them to grow and even get better. A big out for them, though, this week is uh, Viliami Kikau playing on that, uh, that left edge. That left edge for the Panthers is has been incredible. Mm. What will his loss mean to this side? Oh, look, you, you lose him, but then you've got Lee Martin, Kurt Cable, two origin yeah. players in your back row. So, yeah. look, Kikau's a pretty special player, but yeah, pr- two pretty handy replacements. So, um, yeah, whilst they will miss him, I, I don't think uh, it'll be that much of a disruption to, to what they're doing. All right, this Sydney Roosters side has been probably hasn't been a team disrupted by injury more than the Sydney Roosters this year. But the one constant in this lineup has been Jarrod Warrior-Hargreaves, played his 230th last week and for the second consecutive game, punched out 80 minutes. Just incredible. Mm. Is he the man to lead this side? Yeah, definitely. Oh, they've got so many good players, the Roosters. You, you talk about some players that have been forced to retire, have retired, have, um, medical or injury. Um, he's wound back the clock, Jared. You know, as you said, the play 80 minutes, we talk about the game being too fast, athleticism, fatigue and all that. To, for him to punch out 80 minutes is such an inspirational leader. He's very, very good. His skill level's there. Uh, he's looking after... It's the two best players for the Roosters last week was the oldest player and the youngest player, yeah. Sam Walker and Jared Weir-Hargrave. So that's a very good thing. I, I think the Roosters... This would be a nice scout, uh, scout for the Roosters to get. It, it, everyone's talking about the Roosters can't win it. They've had all these injuries. They have all these dramas, all this distraction. They're playing Penrith this week, who are star-studded. I think this is an occasion the Roosters will get up for. I think that mm. I could see a big lift from them this week. It is going to be an absolute beauty. We now go to Saturday afternoon football in the Hunter McDonald Jones Stadium where the Warriors will head up the M1 from their Central Coast base to take on the Newcastle Knights. That one kicking off at 3pm. Now, big ins for the Newcastle Knights. Star fullback Caelan Ponga returns from injury, as does Mitchell Pearce, the halfback. He returns from a pec injury and will partner with Jake Clifford in the halves for the first time. A significant out, though. Bradman Best out um, injured once again, an ankle injury this time. He's been replaced by Heimel Hunt, will start on the wing, and Ari Tuala is back in the centres. Now, Mitch Barnett has been named in the starting side after coming off the bench against the Rabbitohs. David Clemmer back from a two-game suspension. He will come off the bench this time, as will Suaso Sue. But uh, Adam O'Brien sticking with the Safidi brothers in this week, in this match and starting in the front row. Let's go to the Warriors now. And Coach Nathan Brown's made plenty of changes to the side to take on the Knights. Reese Walsh back from suspension will start at fullback. Marcelo Montoya moves from the centres to the wing to cover the departing Ken Mamalo. Rocco Berry is back in the starting side. Ewan Aiken moves across to the right centre. And captain Roger Tuovasashek will again start on the wing. Adam Fenor Blake and Jazz Tavaga return to the starting lineup. Lisi Katoa, Lisa Armau, and Kane Evans make up the bench. Plenty of changes from both sides, but for the Knights, Pierce, Ponga, Clifford, Braley, for the first time in a long time, the Knights have probably a full strength um, spine. Robbie, is this the catalyst that the Newcastle Knights needed? Well, it starts to, yeah, their team starts to you know, take shape there with, with those four guys in the spine, doesn't it? It's a completely different look to what they've had in you know, previous weeks. Uh, they've chopped and changed there with, you know, we've seen Kurt Mann, yeah. uh, you know, we, we've seen a list of changes there with, with Tex Hoy and Blake Green. And uh, so now they're hoping that these guys can stay fit you know, for, to the back end of the year and, and try and win some footy games. And uh, look, whether they're a chance of making the top eight or, or not, I'm not too sure. But um, you know, they definitely want to 
I guess, show a bit of character and, and start building, you know, heading into next year. Uh, you know, Jake Clifford's going to be there long-term, Caelan Ponga, um, Braley as well, Mitch Pearce, not so sure how long he's going to be there, whether he's going to be there long-term or not, but you know, their side starts to take, take a bit of shape there with those guys. Uh, th- there's no more excuses now. They, they've been rubbish for, for about a month now, or six weeks. They've lost three of the biggest occasions they had at Hunter Stadium, so they're playing at home. It's Mark Hughes' round, one of their own players, as we said at the start of the show, how much we get around our own, our own players. It's the Newcastle Knights player, Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes Foundation, been for brain cancer today. So they get Clemmer, Pierce, Hunt and Ponga back. And all I've heard the last month is they've got all these players missing, got all these players missing when they get them back. So today, this weekend, for example, there is no excuses for the Newcastle Knights. This is the time. This is the time for the Newcastle Knights. Yeah, 100% is the time. And the closeness of the competition, like we, I think we know who the top six is. We don't know who 7 and eight's going to be. So they're probably not that far away from if put a couple of wins together, get the stars back and the stars shine from them. They're a chance of making a great run and finishing the finals. But there is no excuses now because they've got their stars back. Well, what does success look like for the Newcastle Knights? Coming from 14th, they are a long, coming from a long way back. What they made the eight last year. They bought Tyson Vazell. They, they've got this new centre of excellence up there. There's, there is no excuse why they shouldn't make the eight this year. They've right. got a pretty good run home. Yeah. 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 They sure do. Warriors, Chanel uh, Tavita Harris, out for the year after mm. um, that season-ending yeah. injury. Where's their attack come from, Robbie? Yeah, you know, O'Sullivan comes into the side there. You know, he's been around the NRL for a few years, in and out of the NRL, sort of. Is, it, you know, is he going to be a long-term option? I'm not too sure. You know, it's a big ask when you've got an 18-year-old fullback in the side and Reese Walsh is still learning and developing yeah. his game. You've got a young halfback in... You know, Sullivan, uh, a lot of pressure then on Nick Arima uh, comes on the side. And then you, you haven't really got a, a genuine dummy half there. Wade Egan's out of the side and you've got Jazz Tavunga there at, at number nine. So there's not really much ball playing coming out of the nine position. So it's a concern for the, for the Warriors, uh, you know, heading into the back end of the year where you, know, you lose Chanel um, and then, you know, the guy's filling in at the moment. You know, I, I'm not too sure how much you're going to get out of them. Do you move Roger back to the one and move Reese Walsh into the halves? Yeah. yeah, in the six, that might be an option as well. Plenty of talk about Reese Walsh and his form in just six games of NRL. Talk about whether he could be a star in the state of origin this year. Mm. His coach, Nathan Brown, had a few things to say about that. It's not in anyone's best interest to put an 18-year-old kid in state of origin that's played five games of footy in the NRL and never played all last year because of COVID, but I won't make that decision. I'm not saying he wouldn't. He might go there and he could play well. I'm not saying he wouldn't play well, but it's certainly not in his, anyone's best interest to have Reese playing at 18 in state of origin. I don't, I don't believe you guys have both played in the biggest arena in rugby league. Is 18 and six games too early to be playing origin football? Yeah, six games of NRL, 18 years of age. You go on to Suncorp Stadium for a, a match that Queensland have to win. It's a big, scary beast, state of origin. It can, it can hurt you, can scar you, can put your development backwards. So I, I agree with Nathan Brown. I think it's way too early for Queensland to be thinking of that kid coming in and, and potentially just playing on the wing for Queensland. I like, for the, how good he's gone for six games. Mm. I think somewhere in the future we think he's going to be a Queensland player, but there's no need to rush him look, yet. Look, we've seen it before, but I wouldn't bring him into this Queensland side. You know, I think if you had a really strong Queensland side, um, no disrespect to their side at the moment, but to bring an 18-year-old kid into a side that's just been beaten by 50 points in game one, game two at, some, at Suncorp where you've got to keep the series alive, I don't think that's the right environment to be blooding an 18-year-old kid. All right, we go from one steel city to another. Rugby League at Wynn Stadium this weekend where the St George Illawarra Dragons will play host to the Canberra Raiders. That one kicking off at 5.30pm. Now the Dragons, they had a tough one against the Bulldogs yesterday despite the losses. Anthony Griffin has resisted the temptation to make mass changes 
He's going with an unchanged 17. Zach Lomax could make a timely run from a broken thumb, having missed the last six matches, being named in the number 21 jersey. Corey Norman, Blake Laurie and Braden Williami all placed on report, but have avoided suspension and will take their place in the starting lineup. While for the Canberra Raiders, Ricky Stewart has made just one change to his side that defeated the Broncos. Ryan Sutton will start at lock, replacing Sears Oliola, who moves back to the bench. Now, 19-year-old Cairns product Xavier Sage could make his NRL debut, having made just five appearances in the knock-on effect cup. He's been named on an extended bench alongside Ryan James, who returns from suspension. Boys, the Dragons, just two wins from their last nine starts. They're in the eight, believe it or not, but where to here for the Dragons? They're pretty poor. Mm. They were really poor yesterday. They got blown off the park. As you said, a number of weeks ago, they had lots of energy. They were being the bullies. They'll own the results, a high completion rate, great kicking game. And since then, they've lost all energy. They've got no composure. They leak tries. They've got poor execution. They've now told Matt Dufty and Corey Norman that they're no longer wanted or they'll be replaced by the kids of the future, which that's a business decision, but that's got to also disrupt your preparation, how you're feeling, yeah. how desperate you are, you know, you, how desperate you are to play for the Red V anymore. Mm. You know, so it's... I think it, that's definitely had an effect on yeah. them. I think it had an effect on the weekend. You know, Dufty has been in the, the headlines for the last couple of weeks. Um, I think it took its toll on the weekend. I, did, I think it was probably one of his worst performances that he's had in a long time. Corey Norman as well. Um, it's only natural when you get told you're, you're unwanted, you're not going to re-sign for next year. Not only does it affect you, but it affects the yeah. playing group. Uh, a lot of them are, are close, they're friends. Uh, so uh, I think on the weekend that really took its toll. Where they go from here, they got to start winning. And, and if they don't, I think, you know, as you said, they're in the top eight, yeah. so there's still a chance of, of making the eight. But a few more losses, and if the season's gone, you know, do you start blooding those kids that they talk yeah. about and, and, and looking to the future? The emails are blood them because if they're too young now, well, and, and you're not going to go any good this year, just blood them so they've got 10 games under their belt before next year starts, because otherwise next year is a big, scary world yeah. for the, these young kids coming in. They're great young kids, but... I, 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 I'm trying to understand the Matt Dufty decision because a number of weeks ago he was the best attacking player the Dragons yeah. have got. But I, I can see why on the weekend, when it got tough, when it got really hard, there was a disappearance of Matt Dufty. Mm. So I can I'm trying to understand both sides of the, the ledger here why have they decided not to re-sign him because in attack he's unbelievable. And you look at the great halfbacks, uh, the great fullbacks, sorry, in our game at the moment. Not only do they great strike weapons in attack, their organisation and defence yeah. is, is what makes yeah. them great players as well. They're try savers. They, yeah. they, they, they save as many tries as they score, you know, and that's a big effort. That's what. That's why they're the best fullbacks in the competition more than the blokes that are being sold in the competition. Canberra Raiders have had a tough season and a tough couple of months. Ricky Stewart said after the match that they started to get their mojo back. Is a win against the Brisbane Broncos enough to, to signal that? Mm, not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I think that's what I like Ricky said. Is optimism, yeah. but yeah. Uh, not yet. I think um, it was a lot better performance. Yeah. I think their their sides starting to look a lot more uh, stable at the moment. Their forward pack starting to take shape, uh, similar to what it used to be. You know, Papa Lee, Hodgson in the front row. Uh, yeah, their back row is looking solid. A lot of experience there, but uh, they've got to get back to playing that tough footy that we know. You know, Canberra have played so well in the last couple of years. That went missing there for a couple of months. There was a lot of disruptions off the field as well. I was seeing what it's doing to the Dragons yeah. now. It did the same to the Raiders. Hopefully they're a lot more settled and, um, and hope Sticky's right and, and they can you know, keep building. The, the one thing that's happened, the, the, the two sides have done exactly the change because the Raiders, there's no talk off the field anymore about any dramas or player unhappiness or someone leaving. Well, they dealt with it. They just yeah, they dealt, dealt with it straight with, away. And now, and now they're starting to go good again. Mm. Where the Dragons have got all that disruptions yeah. off the field and now all of a sudden their performances are going down the wrong way. A big few weeks coming up for the St George Illawarra Dragons. Time to move to our third game and again to a regional centre, Sunshine Coast Stadium. 
for the Melbourne Storm. They're home away from home, taking on the West Tigers Saturday 7.35 kickoff. Let's take a look at this juggernaut of a Melbourne Storm side. George Jennings will start on the wing after being a late withdrawal against the Warriors due to a minor hamstring issue. He replaces Dean Eremeyer, who drops out of the squad. A new front row with Christian Welsh returning from a head knock and also Nelson Asofa Solomona. He's back from suspension. Jesse Bromwich is out with an elbow injury and Tui Kamakamitha will start on the interchange. Tom Eisenhuth retains his place in the lineup after coming off the bench in the win over the Warriors. For the Tigers, their coach Michael Maguire has rushed Warriors recruit Kemma Marlowe straight into the side and he'll start on the right wing. That will see Tommy Talao move across to the left centre, while James Roberts will line up on the other side as well. Now Adam Dewey, who will be missing after failing his HIA on Sunday. Moses Embai, back from injury and will line up at 5'8". Brett Kamali, this Melbourne side is outstanding. 11 on the trot now. Yeah. Harry Grant and, um, and Braden Smith, two outstanding yeah. number nines. Harry Grant back now. He's uh, got a couple of games under his belt, an origin game. Where do these two players longer term fit into this and how do they get best out of both the players? Yeah, they're they're two great players. They're two great dummy halves. Brandon Smith, obviously a ball of energy and maybe he's a a great starting for the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes and then just bring Harry Grant off the bench and then let him play when there's a bit of fatigue in the game because he's a great ball player, Harry Grant. Um, Brandon Smith could then go back and play that lock position if required. They've got both Bromwiches missing uh, this weekend in the game and they've still got an amazing forward pack. So... Uh, that's, this is a team that gets their recruitment right. This is a team that gets their structure and their knowledge of their role to perfection. They're now leading the competition. Mm. Uh, that just keeps continuing on. And I, I heard a comment the other day about this. The biggest problem for Melbourne Storm is going to be when the decision for Craig Bellamy to go is how much does that drop away because of how great he is for that football club. And Because we've seen they lost the big four, became the big three, yeah. became the big no one. And it's fine. Players just keep stepping yeah. up, but it's yeah. it's it's the man who's holding it all together yeah. is going to be the key here. That, he's the key of the organisation. He's the key of why why they all know their job. They, they know their role. They get you know they lose the big four. That was like okay, they're gonna they're gonna fail now. They're gonna go out of the eight, and then they win the premiership. Yeah, it's it's not a bad thing. It's incredible yeah. to see this yeah. juggernaut yeah. just continue. Yeah. Emotional scenes at Central Coast Stadium. Kemba Marlowe playing his final game with the Warriors. Finished. It was a late inclusion. Finished with a hat trick. He leaves them. He's now mm. linking with the uh, the West Tigers. Robbie, new city, new teammates, new jersey, new everything. How does Kemba Marlowe slip into this West Tigers lineup and, and make an impact this weekend? Yeah, always a tough transition. A um, bit easier in the fact that they've been up at the Central Coast and not over in New Zealand, so it's just a short drive down the uh, down the freeway to Sydney. But uh, look, yeah, I think if anything, sometimes you, you know, the short turnaround for him might be a good thing where you don't really have time to, to think about it and you just jump straight in with your new teammates and, and get the new jersey on and away you go. He scored a hat-trick on the, on the weekend in his final game for the Warriors, which was great to see. He was very emotional afterwards, as I'm sure he would have been. Uh, been at that club for a very long time and always difficult when you've got to, when you've got to change clubs. So, um, but a, a great addition for, for the Tigers and, and a timely one too with uh, the shortage in the outside backs that we've got at the moment. Just a three-try debut would be nice for the club, wouldn't it? Something. Not bad. Not bad, yeah. It would certainly help. Yeah. We heard you mention the word resilience a little bit earlier today. It's something that Madge has been talking about a lot in the last few weeks, the need for that resilience. We saw on the weekend they lost a player and quickly they conceded three tries, the West Tigers. It's not easy to build resilience. It's easy to talk about, but how tough is to build the resilience in that young side? Well, you don't just build it overnight. Yeah, it takes time. It's uh, it's what you do. It's not what you do on the weekend. It's it's what you're doing on the Monday, on the Tuesday. You've got to consistently do it at training. Um, you know, it's... It's the habits you form, and at the moment, those tigers, the tigers haven't got the habits. Uh, yeah, we see a great game, we might see two in a row, but then 
there'll be a dip in, in performance, a dip in attitude, uh, the inconsistency, and even during games where might play well for 50, 60 minutes, but that 80 minute performance week in, week out. And that's what we're striving for. That's what Madge is striving for. And it takes time to build. Um, and as I said, you, you can't just rock up and click your fingers on a weekend and think, oh, we're going to be resilient. Uh, it, it's what you're doing with your habits during the week, day in, day out. All right, let's move to Sunday. Bankwest Stadium is the scene of our next game. It is the Parramatta Eels taking on the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. That one, the early game, kicking off at 2 p.m. Now, there is one change to the starting lineup for the Parramatta Eels. Mike Sebo has accepted a one-match ban. That means that Sean Russell will make his NRL debut. He scored eight tries in 12 matches in the knock-on effect cup this season. Now, elsewhere, Keegan Hipgrave and Nathaniel Roach come into the, or come onto the bench with Oregon Kafusi and Bryce Cartwright dropping out. That is the Eels. And for the Bulldogs, not surprising, Trent Barrett has made just one positional change to the uh, 17 that started against the Dragons. Nick Meany will go back to fullback. Uh, Tuopolotu, that's him. Tuopolotu, Katoa will start on the wing. Cole Flanagan again being named 18th man. No room for Dallin Wateni-Zelezniak with reports that Kiwi International could be making his way out of Belmore. Gents, uh, we saw some interesting scenes at Bankwest Stadium uh, on the weekend. Mitch Moses and Clint Gutherson were outstanding, but a little bit of... Um, Animated, animated words from each other uh, on the field, particularly from seven. Yeah, I, 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 it was a bit bizarre, wasn't it? The, mm. the, to make him or to see him go off as brutal as he did when they were winning by so much, and it was only about a tap or a kick over the sideline. It was, it was pretty bizarre, as you said. But I don't know if he wants the kick meters, the fifteen meters kick in the touch or something. But yeah, it was a pretty bizarre moment. You can hear, look at Gutho just. Push him away, not really care too much. Yeah, it's like on Gutho's face diffused but you, quickly. You, you, yeah, and then again, that, that's probably Mitchell Moses for a long while now has been told to take ownership of the team, steer him around, and, and, and own the own the the stadium. But to me, that's that's not how you respect a teammate. Yeah, you've got, uh, particularly your captain. Not that's your captain, and that you know. Well, the captain's entitled to take the tap in here. The captain's entitled to kick the ball and a touch and play on quickly. Isn't it? They were winning easily at that stage. Yeah. Despite that. Outstanding performance by Mitch Moses. He played great. Yeah, that, I think that's his best performance of the year. He ran the ball. Um, I think sometimes uh, Mitchell Moses can get in the habit of, and maybe it happened a bit more when Dylan Brown wasn't playing, where he forgot to run himself because there was no other game manager or kicking, kicker in the team. So I think when now that Dylan Brown's back, Dylan Brown's the X factor for the for Parramatta. Mm. I, I, he's the key to them. Not so much Gutho, Mitchell Moses, but um, if Moses wants to run the ball, which he did on the weekend, and gets tackled or, or gets in a bad kick position, then Dylan Brown is in a great kick position. So takes a lot of pressure off the halfback. Uh, and again, no Reed Marnie, but Joey Lussick, Lussick went very well on the weekend. And Gutho is just a ball of energy. Gutho doesn't have the size of a, a, a Latrell Mitchell or the speed and athleticism of a Pappenhausen, Tedesco and all those blokes. But it's just all over the Work puck. Right. He's the energizer bunny. So yeah. he just gets away with being competitive around the ball, saving things, saving tries, being there as that extra support runner. He, he is amazing how much metres he covers in a game of football. And when you see him pull out the Gutherino, you know it's a good day for Clint Gutherson. What was that? Uh, can, you show, can you show? Can you? Zach Bailey's the man who knows <laughs> how to do the Gutherino very, very well. I'll, we'll get Zach. I'll get Zach. Yeah. 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 Robbie, Jake Averillo was one player that, um, that really impressed you on the weekend. Is he potentially the long-term halfback for the Bulldogs? Yeah, I think with Matt Burden coming to the side next year, I think uh, they're definitely the long-term halves pairing for the Dogs. Uh, showed a lot of promise, Jake Averillo. Uh, last year, I really liked him when he came into the side. He was playing a lot of centre, but you could tell uh, you needed to move him closer to the ball, I thought. Uh, he's got a really strong running game. Uh, I think with Matt Burden there next year, that'll probably free up his running game even a little bit more with Burden... You know, bringing his game management, his left foot kicking game as well. So 
Uh, we've seen Avrilo probably have to shoulder the load there in terms of the game management and the kicking a lot this year. But uh, I think it'll even he'll, his game will even get better next year with, with Matt Burden there. So, so, yeah, he's developing nicely, I think. Uh, Jeremy, sorry, Jeremy Marshall King and oh, Josh Jackson great. come back as well, yeah. so they help him out. So yeah. all of a sudden, you're not just one kid got yeah. to own the yeah. whole team. And and I heard Trent Barrett say that this game's been building for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So disappointing in some close losses. Um, this is the biggest rivalry that Canterbury have probably got against Parramatta, and mm. they've had a great win last weekend. So I'm not saying they're going to probably beat Parramatta, but there's, there's mm. a, this is a great occasion for the Dogs who've been going good the last month. They've got all their players back. Yeah. This is as good as they're going to look this year on a big victory to jump into this match and go, you know what, we'll see where we're at. Jeremy Marshall King, Jake Avrilo, yeah. Josh Jackson, have they got a, the, enough in this lineup to get off and stay off the bottom of the ladder? Oh, do we need to that? Oh. So I'd love you to. <laughs> well, it's, it, it'll be the same scenario as last year, I think. Yeah. Them yeah. and the Broncos. Them and the Broncos. Um, yep. at, the mo- at the moment, and it's similar, like, yeah. the dogs try hard every week. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, you know, there's a lot of effort there. I thought their intensity on the weekend was outstanding. So if they continue to play with that effort and that intensity, they'll win a lot more games than the Broncos will. The, the dogs have got more resilience than the Broncos. The dogs mm. defend better than the Broncos. They probably, again, on the weekend, they, that's the first time. They're probably, that's probably the third time in two years that they've scored over 20 points. Yeah. So that's been the biggest point for the dogs. Mm. But uh, they're both on the same points, and I think there's six points differential between Broncos and the dogs at the moment. So don't lose by a big score. No, mm. no. It's very tight yeah. at the bottom of the table. Yeah. Let's yeah. move to our final match of the weekend, and we head to Gold Coast. Seabus Super Stadium. The Gold Coast Titans will play host to the Manly Warringah Seagulls. That one kicking off just after four o'clock. Let's take a look at the home side. Firstly, they will be boosted by the return of Mo Futawaka, who is back from suspension. We'll start alongside David Fafida and Tino Fuas for Big Tino. Vasil <laughs> <laughs> Malawi, who both passed their HIAs after head knocks against the Roosters. Now, Jermaine Jolliffe and Sam McIntyre move back to the interchange and will be joined by Jai Whitbread. Kevin Proctor out of the side after taking an early guilty plea to a grade two dangerous uh, head high tackle after last weekend's match. That is the Titans. Let's now take a look at the high-flying Manly Warringah Seagulls. Tommy Turbo is back in the number one for Manly, which has resulted in a reshuffle of their back line. Brad Parker moves from the right wing to left centre, re- replacing Moses Suley. Ruben Garrick, who ran for more than 300 metres at fullback last week, he will line up again on the wing. Now, Sean Kepi has been named on the interchange, uh, as has uh, Tua Fafoa Sipley, who has failed to see out the match against the Cowboys after he failed his HIA. He'll have to pass concussion protocols uh, for the Titans. They've gone so close in the last couple of weeks. They've put in really good performances against the Roosters and also Melbourne. But the reality is they came up with two losses. What have they got to do to start closing these games out? They've got to win. Well, that's <laughs> pretty simple. That. That's yeah. a simple philosophy. Score more points. Score more points. No, don't concede as many as what you're conceding because yeah. it's not so much their attack. I think that, yeah. It's how, right. how many points they concede defensively. And they, they, they are another side that doesn't have so much, you know, we talked resilience today has been a key word, but once points start going against them, they really struggle to contain it. They, yeah. they, they let a sack of points go continuously. Uh, they go, they play for periods of the game. They look like they're going to, like, again, on the weekend, they look like they're going to win. They'll fly and they got in front. And then all of a sudden they failed to win. So I think the last few weeks, Justin Holbrook, obviously great coach. You know, he's going to be a super coach in the competition. He's new to the club. It takes time to, to get change. Um, they're, they're competing a lot better. But again, you can't leak a heap of points and still think about winning football matches. They, they scored 34 points on the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's enough to win that's a right. game of football. Yeah. Yeah. They conceded 35. Uh, I know they were down 30 to 4 and, and it was a great comeback to get themselves in front. But... You can't get yourself in those positions where you're chasing those points, conceding 30-plus points a game. You're not going to win many games. If you're dropping out of the eight, you can't just sit there and go, well, we showed good signs. 
That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, you can show good signs for a period, but then eventually you've got to start making the eight. Then yep. you've got to make the top four. Then you've got to knock on the door for. Let me help Justin Holbrook. AJ yeah. Brimson to play five eight. I said it last week. Yep. Young Jaden Campbell play fullback going forward. He is a player of the future. Mm. Moves across the park so well. Ad lib football um, and just floats. It's all they about need. Play. They need a number nine. Brandon Smith. We said about nine. Brandon Smith yep. blew him away last week. They got yeah. to watch him up close and personal. Yeah. He should have should have got on the phone to his manager straight after the game and said, "Excuse me, Brandon, would you like to come and play dummy half?" for 80 minutes every week and live on the Gold Coast. Lots sunnier. Nice beaches. Yeah. Plenty to see. That's right. Yeah. And, he, and he could be, you know, a real linchpin in turning that, the fortunes of that side. And, and he's a winner. He knows yeah. how to win. Yeah. He's competitive. So that's the type of player that the Gold Coast, I think, should go on and, and, and seek and buy rather than buying someone that's at the end of their career that yeah. they don't get the great benefit yeah. from. So it's, no, it's not a short-term fix for the Titans because we think they've got there and thereabouts. Great coach. It's now trying to find those rep players that make him a, a, a top eight side and then a top four side. Daly Cherry Evans lines up for his 250th game for Manly this weekend. The incumbent Queensland and uh, Australian halfback. Guys, does he get enough credit for and his and well, he's standing in the game 250 games in. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I think obviously led Queensland to an Origin Series win last year, which I thought, uh, you know, against all the, all the odds, uh, understrength Queensland side was probably one of his greatest achievements. I'd like to see more of that from him at club level. I think there's been times where some of the other key players around him have been missing and he hasn't played his best football. I think he plays his best football and he's got Tommy Turbo there, uh, a, a good five out outside him. Uh, I, I want to see him take the game by the scruff of the neck a lot more when those guys are missing. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's got the opportunity now. You know, the Seagulls have hit a rich vein of form. You know, they struggled early on in the year. Now, I, I can see them as a real premiership threat um, at the back end of this year. Uh, and I think that lays on the shoulders of DC. I, I think they can win the comp, Manly. I, I agree with Robbie. At the end of the year, if they've got their full roster available, they can win the competition. He's played for He's this current Australian halfback. He's won a premiership. He's one of the best playmakers in the competition. The unfor- Not the unfortunate thing. He plays for Manly, which a lot of people don't like, and he plays for Queensland. Yeah. <laughs> so us here in New South Wales, we don't probably give him the statue he doesn't yeah. deserve because he's not mm. one of ours. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned Tom Turbo. Yeah. He's back in that lineup, soon to be Schuster and Siren yeah. as well. You think Manly can win it? Yeah, I think, from either inside or outside well, the si- four. There's six at the moment. They've got to get yep. to the top four because no one's won it outside the top four yet. No one mm. doesn't mean it will happen. Won't happen in the future. But they get all their players back. Uh, Des Hasler's won two premierships at two premierships, I think, or one definitely one premiership at Manly. Uh, very well coached. Comes up with great defensive plans. And and we looked at what Tom Trevojevic did in State of Origin. He is the most influential player on his day in the game. Yeah. So if you've got Tom playing for you and you're in a game and the opposition play a little bit bad, then Tom's going to tear you apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's our eight games for the weekend. We hope you can get out there, well, to watch them live. Get out there and be part of all the action. If you can't, though, plenty of chances to watch the games live through our broadcast partners. Of course, the Nine Network, Foxtel, KO as well. You can watch on Sky Sports in New Zealand and watch NRL. Now, the big point of the show, gents, what are your predictions of the week? Not your first? Alex Johnston to score another hat trick. I was actually going to say that back to back to back. I was actually going to say that. Read my mind. Now I'll, I'm going to go a double this week. I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going. Yeah. So I was going to say Alex Johnston hat trick, but I'll just go south to win by 40 plus uh-huh. points. And Sunday afternoon football at the Gold Coast. I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be a dry track. S- 60 plus points in that game. I think there's right a lot of points. Combined score. Combined. Yeah. 
bold prediction. Free flowing game there. Yeah. Not, a lot, good <laughs> Not a lot of defence. Not a lot of defence. We will see how those bold predictions shape up. Now, of course, we're wearing these beanies oh, yeah. for a very good cause, yep. as we mentioned off the top of the show. It is Beanie for Brain Cancer Weekend. And a reminder that you can show your support for the Mark Hughes Foundation and buy a beanie. Adult beanies are $25. Kids beanies are $20. And available right now at your Lowe's store or selected IGAs. Plus, you can get them online at the Mark Hughes Foundation website, markhughesfoundation.com. Make sure you get your beanie and uh, it is all for a wonderful cause. Well, gents, that's it. NRL teams, great to be sitting alongside you, blokes, this week. Congratulations, Glenn. Did well played. Nice to be, mate. Well done. If we get a pass, we might get to see you. Not next week, but in a couple of weeks' time. No NRL teams next week with the standalone uh, rep weekend coming up. But that's it. Thanks for joining us this week on NRL Teams.